Hi, I'm David Pogue. Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your digital home for the RVing lifestyle. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com for additional information about each episode. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, this is Ken, your RV navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And we're talking to you from our (laughs) studio away from home, which is beginning to feel more like our permanent home, because we are still at our campsite in Titusville, Florida. Oh, things changed. Having had major alterations in our plans, just as I'm sure you have in yours. I'm thinking about that many of you listen to us do this podcast while you are on the road, which is kind of how the podcast was designed. And I'm wondering when you will be on the road again. Are you on the road? Or if you will be on the road again. It's very tempting to talk about the latest developments of the day, but I realize looking back at the blog entries that I've made that things change so rapidly that anything I would say about what's going on today would be ancient history because this coronavirus. Yeah, and I look back at, at the beginning of last month, we had no idea what would be the reality on the end of the month. Can you believe that, how much has changed no, in just one no. little month? And as as we are confined at home, more or less, I've been consuming a little more media than we usually do. And it's been amazing to me what a shock it is to be watching a movie where people are suddenly in a crowd in a bar or at a rock concert all clapping Or you listen to the night, late night TV shows, the the Jimmy Kimmel and... Without the audience. Without the audiences and how much that made a difference to their style of presentation. Anyway, we hope that you'll have lots of time to go back and listen to all of the <laughs> RV Navigators. How life used to be. Oh, we're going to be really kind of pining away for the old days. And people talk about the way it used to be when I was a kid. And wow, this is going to be uh, that time just last month. And from here forward, we don't know exactly what's going to ha- happen. As you know, last month we were talking excitedly about plans we had for the future. And those plans have pretty much gone out the window. We planned on being, right at this time, we planned on being on our our way way home. home, And I was worried about winterizing. And we were worried about, uh, will we get home in time to make it on our cruise and blah, 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 blah. We had two cruises planned for this spring that were supposed to start in early April. But just after the podcast was made... Uh, we were aggressive travelers, so we were just going to let it ride, and we were going to do the cruise if the cruise line did it. But Princess canceled the cruises for a good two months, immediately after the making the decision. For making us. the decision for us, so we then went back, and Martha's been diligently trying to get all of our money back, which isn't so easy. Some of the things we booked were non-refundable, uh, which means what it means but under these circumstances sometimes some of the travel companies are giving you some credit at least for future travel i feel very much like i want to be in in a whining mood you know as as, as we as we retired our retirement plan was to travel and see the world and we've been do- 
working very hard on doing that <laughs> for these last 15 years, as you well know. It's just upset the apple cart to right now have no vision for what else we will be doing besides that, since we can't do that at the moment, and who knows for how long. And yet I cannot complain about at all, because so many people in our country and in the world are suffering so greatly uh, with financial worries and health worries and obtaining food and it's just disrupted everybody's life so totally. And here we are in Florida with the air conditioning on, and we're going to be here for another several weeks uh, because we've decided that this is the place to be rather than being back in cold old Chicago. So we just extended our stay, and because we actually own the property that we're staying on, that is a feasible option. For many full-timers, this is a time of great anxiety. Because people are closing campgrounds, especially government-owned facilities, and kicking people out and then you really have nowhere to be down here in florida of course they closed the state parks and uh, that put a run on the uh, the local private campgrounds. private campgrounds and now uh as of here right at the end of of march they have the governor has put a ban on new vacation rentals and our rv park has decided that rv campsites are vacation rentals so they're not letting any new people uh, make reservations to stay here. So that's going to put a crimp in the private campgrounds, too, I would assume. For two weeks. For a couple of weeks, yeah. yeah so They're worried about people coming from hot spots uh, right now, the New York area and the New Orleans area. But as I said, by the time you listen to this, it'll be all, all old news anyway. Um, <laughs> the news I, changes. I, of- I do have to say, looking back on how we've spent our winters, um, winter time is a time when you worry about the flu. And when we were still in schools, we had a lot of exposure to that and all sorts of other things. But as retirees who stay put during the winter, we pretty much have been leading a self-isolating life anyway. And in many ways, it has not been a major disruption to what we would normally be doing this time of year. And I think for people who are at all worried about germs, living in an RV and staying in your RV rather than going to a hotel is really a nice way to keep the germs to a minimum, at least. Um, And it's made me feel quite safe. Yeah, and here in Florida, we have always kind of lived a hermit sort of style. I mean, we go out and visit friends, we go to restaurants, we went go to activities, but overall, our lifestyle is fairly non-contact, I would say. And, and, we, and we, when I look back on it, we've had relatively few, what should I call them, upper respiratory issues um, since we've been retired because we have been self-isolating in our RVs. Yeah, and even now, we stay in our RV by ourselves. Uh, we don't really invite anybody in anymore, uh, even though we go outside, and because it's nice weather and Florida, we can go outside and chat with people, uh, next door neighbors. We can go for bike rides. We can go look at the wild animals, the birds and things are not affected by this. The other day we went to see a rocket launch. Rocket launch, right. So we do get out and that's why we stayed in Florida because in Illinois, this would not be We'd really be far a- more... And I think overall the RV lifestyle is good for this. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. And that travel by RV seems to be pretty much uh, normal, too. Apparently, I mean, the gas prices are at all-time low. Not all-time lows, but at very low prices. And I try not to exaggerate, as some people do. (laughs) Travel, the the roads are empty. The campgrounds uh, are looking for business in many cases. And so this actually would be a good time to travel. But nothing is open. No, there's nowhere to go and nothing to see. <laughs> We've had a couple of tours, small tours that we were going to do, Local day tours, things, that, things yeah. that we were going to do that have been canceled. As I'm sure you have had everything around you canceled also. Anything that requires uh, groups of people. So this. 
So in terms of our two major cancellations, which was the cruise from the U.S. to Europe and then a river cruise to see the tulips, uh, we have given those both a chance to roll over to next year, letting them keep our money rather than giving us a refund. There were, of course, some bribes attached for onboard credit and financial inducements, but we are hoping to have every confidence that uh, by this time next year we will have figured out how to deal with this pandemic in a more compatible way than isolating ourselves all the time. We hope that we can return to seeing the world and that you can too. <sighs> but in the meantime, we have to deal with this uh, virus and uh, what we're going to do about it. And, and it's it's tough, but, you know, I have kind of a definition here of what... <sighs> You know, I don't know the difference between viruses and what? Bacteria? Yeah. And what things work on on what things. So I have uh, put down this definition here. The virus is not a living organism, but a protein molecule covered by a protective layer of lipids or fats, which if absorbed by the cells in the ocular, the eyes, or nasal, nose, or mouth, changes their genetic code, a mutation, and converts them into a multiplier and attacker cells. It is not killed, but decays on its own. The disintegration time depends on the temperature, humidity, and type of material in which it is found. So one of the things this means, because the lipid layer is fat, that when they're telling you to wash your hands, not only is that the cheapest and easiest thing to do, it's also the most effective thing to do, because the soap um, dissolves the fat layer around the virus, and then that kills it. And I never knew how soap worked before, why it was good. So actually washing your hands is probably one of the, the, very, the very best things that you can do in terms of keeping uh, the virus at bay. But, you know, wearing these masks, everybody is stuck on masks, and you go to the grocery store now and mask, 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 everybody is wearing a mask. I think that's for your mental health, <laughs> not for your physical health. Because one of the things they definitely talk about is the fact that a mask, if it traps some of the virus in the mask and you don't take significant precautions to, when you take off the mask, you're just going to bring it home and if you shake it out or you, depending on how you take it off, it, it could just spread the virus because it's sitting in the fibers of the, of the mask. Which is why when they're talking about medical personnel getting training on how to use these things and put on and remove these things, uh, there is a procedure in place. Otherwise, you're just spreading the virus around instead of putting up a barrier to so keep it the from mask needs you. to be changed frequently. You wouldn't want to bring the mask home from the grocery store and then just take it off in the car because then you've put the viruses the, in the in car, the car. If, you've, yeah. if you've gotten any on the mask. Yeah. Ooh, this gets to be very complicated, and not being a medical person, I never quite understood why you'd want to do that. So we have never had a mask, and we won't be using masks. Well, I had a well, mask. You but had a mask? When I had my oh. asthma-ish problem. Well, I think we to, keep, to keep dust and... Stuff well, dust, yeah, that's a different story. But And I think if you want to keep your germs from getting onto somebody else... That made more sense. That made more sense, too. I'm going to mention something here called dwell times. <laughs> what they are and what do they mean. <laughs> We're getting very technical here. I've learned a lot. I'm getting, I'm getting a lot of medical experience. The Environmental Protection Agency defines dwell times as the amount of time that a sanitizer or disinfectant must be in contact with the surface and remain wet in order to achieve the product's advertised kill rate. 
Different disinfectants target a wide variety of different pathogens. The surface these pathogens inhabit can also vary greatly. For best results, professional cleaners must know the targeted pathogens and the corresponding dwell times. Some products may have dwell times of only seconds, while others may require up to 10 minutes or more before they achieved the, the desired pathogenic control. So we see everybody spraying chemicals and using hand wipes and all that sort of stuff, and they may or may not be effective. Well, you have to learn how to use them properly. One thing I wondered about, we watched them um, disinfecting all the schools and people wiping and spraying, and as far as we know, the virus does not live on hard surfaces for more than two weeks. I would say that would be about the outside. If schools are going to be closed for months, certainly by the time the kids would come back, all the viruses would be dead. And instead, we are putting the people who are doing the squirting and cleaning in jeopardy while the viruses are still alive. I think we're making a lot of stupid decisions because we are yeah. not well informed yeah. about how, how this all works. So soap and water, the dwell time, used for 20 seconds is superbly effective on skin and other surfaces. Whatever soap is fine. It works by dissolving the lipid fatty capsule around the virus, and there's an, alter there's an alternative for those of you freaking out about, I can't use Lysol wipes. Just use some soap and water. It's effective, if not quite as easy. Isopropyl alcohol. At concentrations of 60% or higher, this is very effective, although it works a bit better on surfaces than it does on skin. Purell and most other hand sanitizers are basically 60% isopropyl alcohol. Alcohol may not work as fast as soap, and rule of thumb is just let it dry rather than wiping it off. So soap and water is actually better than alcohol. That's, that's right. It doesn't seem to make sense to me, but chlorine bleach. Standard laundry bleach is usually 2.6 to 5.25 sodium hypochloride bleach, which is way too high a concentration to use for disinfecting. To make a disinfectant, you want to add 20 milliliters of 5.25 bleach to a liter of water. Double it to 40 milliliters if you have half the concentration of the 2.6 bleach. Two important notes here. Never mix chlorine bleach with any other cleanser or put it into a bottle that is that used to have another cleanser without thoroughly rinsing the bottle. Mix it in a well-ventilated area just in case. <clears throat> bleach plus ammonia, vinegar, and several other things can cause noxious fumes. Chlorine bleach is very effective. Hospitals use it, but it can be irritating in large quantities, and it can fade dyes and color. If you decide to spray down an entire room, for example, keep people out of that room until the fumes clear. Non-chlorine bleach and oxidizing agents. There are a lot of products in this category. Basically, oxy this, non-bleach that, and safe bleach, and, of course, the dreaded non-chemical, all-natural. And I'm sure you can get as an organic and non-GMO bleach at slightly higher prices. They mostly are peroxides, like hydrogen peroxide, but often slightly different chemicals that are more stable. Regular hydrogen peroxide tends to bubble off and lose its effectiveness over time once opened. You need at least 2% and probably 3% peroxide to be an effective disinfectant. And even then, its effectiveness against the coronavirus is quote-unquote probable, but not guaranteed.
Hmm, that's interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So whew, the, the, the different products are really very different in the, in the way they work. Quaternary ammonium products. There are tons of these. Tons of slightly different chemical, more tons of products containing them. Benzylconium chloride is probably the one you see most commonly if you read ingredient labels. But if you're interested in chemical names, just Google it. They are both detergents like soap and disinfectants, so they're very common in disinfecting wipes and such. They're also what's in most fabric softeners. That's interesting. Yeah. I haven't seen any actual studies regarding specific effectiveness of um, against COVID-19. They are effective against other coronaviruses and expected to be effective against this one also. Drier anti-static sheets usually contain lots of this stuff. Which I can't pronounce. Mm-hmm. My, My significant other carries a few of these in her purse as door grabbers and emergency cleansing wipes. So that's interesting. That anti-static. Did you know that? No. Okay. I can't use them anymore because our washing machine won't tolerate them, so I don't have. Yeah, them but anymore. I'm talking about using yeah. them for against the virus. Right. No, I didn't know that. So that's kind of a summary of uh, some of the stuff that we've been trying to do and the reasons why we're doing them. <laughs> Really not, because it's this is you and me locked inside this box. We don't we don't need to clean much because we're not getting it dirty in the first place. I think this kind of knowledge is much more important for people who are in the work roles where they are dealing with people either in the grocery store or in the medical well, setting. Pe- yeah, people with kids and family and 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 certainly if someone in your family gets sick and they are being quarantined at home, then all this information becomes vitally important so one of the other things we've been doing is something new that i read about and that's the kinsa thermometer where we've been crowdsourcing crowdsourcing our temperatures temperatures, right one of the things if you go to kinsa k-i-n-s-a dot com is that they have a web-enabled thermometer uh, personal thermometer and they recommend uh, that people take their temperature once a day and then that's that sends the information to their servers and they make maps about where temperatures, body temperatures have been going up. So it was their impression that they could anticipate where people were starting to get ill from the COVID long before the FDA and the CDC and all the government agencies were aware of it. It was a good predictive device because it was showing up through the people's laptops who were taking their temperature once they got a fever. So we have been using the Kinsa thermometer for about a week uh, since we received it in the mail, and we have not had a temperature, so we are not yet sick. So far, so good. That's good for crowdsourcing information because down here in Florida, they can see how many people are normal, and they can see the gradual rise in temperatures if there's a problem that we need to be aware of. Uh, are they going to alert us? I don't think so. When you go to the grocery store, what have you noticed different? How has the grocery shopping been here? Well, we we are geezers, and while we certainly <laughs> are we ever we certainly appreciate the efforts oh. of local retailers far and wide. From what I read, of having special hours for geezers uh, because shelves were picked over and the geezers couldn't get there fast enough. I don't know. We have not taken advantage of these geezer hours because we have heard horror stories of all the scooters and walkers. Well, that's not the causing only gridlock in the aisles. When we finally go to the grocery store, which has generally been mid morning 
here in Florida, our experience has been quite pleasant. Um, certainly, you go into some aisles. The last time we were there, the canned good aisles didn't have many canned goods in it, but it had some. And the pasta was kind of run down. And the chicken wasn't very available, but there was chicken in the freezer. Uh, so as long as you're not really fixed on exactly what you want to buy. Unless you want eggs. Yeah, we they were there when we were there. Yeah. It's kind of a hit and miss game. And the parking lot hasn't been too full. And and the last time we went to Walmart, somebody was checking our basket to see if we had more than one thing of toilet paper <laughs> and, or no, more and, than one loaf of oh, bread. bread. Yeah, that was the interesting thing. But of course, we have enough toilet paper because we had some. And down here in Florida, the produce has been amazingly fresh and delicious. I'm hoping that that is also true when we get back to Illinois, where none of the vegetable gardens will be going yet. So I have to say that from our own personal experience, the things we saw on the media made us feel panic that we didn't feel once we actually got to the store. And the store hasn't been that crowded, but a lot of people, I think, are using the delivery services. We haven't actually tried to do this yet. We'd be interested in in your experiences. But we have seen the infamous Walmart robots. Yeah, it kind of scares (laughs) you the first time you come upon it. That are roaming nails. Now, these robots are not really that, not picking merchandise off because they have the people in the and store. And they were there before this virus stuff started. Oh, yeah, yeah. All, well, all this was there before. But I'm amazed how many people are sitting in kind of the waiting area waiting for their orders to be picked up. The roving eye, uh, robot has big lights on it, and it apparently checks the store shelves inventory. for inventory. Uh, if, you, if you haven't seen the Walmart robots, it's it's quite something to see. And, of course, we talk about toilet paper. Some people have been amazed and delighted to discover that the best place to buy toilet paper is in the RV section of the Walmart. Because <laughs> no one thinks to look there except RVers. And if you go to the RV section, it's pretty well stocked. I yeah. mean, they have tons of it. Yeah. And nobody thinks to look there, so they we've been able to buy as much toilet paper as we care to have. I don't know why we would be hoarding toilet paper. Yeah. And water. What's the deal with water? I just don't understand what, what some people buy. I think down here people are in the habit of buying water before a hurricane because that can mess up the water system. But certainly that's not going to be the case here with the virus. So it's just a panic reaction. I think. And, of course, with all this time, I've had a really good time washing the RV, waxing the RV, touching up the paint, we are so Poli- clean and Polishing shiny. the tires, making sure the tires' air pressure is good, checking the engine to make sure the oil is okay. Oh, how many more times can I do that over the next four weeks? <laughs> You'll still be hearing me talk about this in the next podcast. Yeah, we can't. We should not whine. We have it good compared to a lot of other people that we... But we have not gone to reusable toilet paper. <laughs> Nor are we ever going to. <laughs> But I have an article here. About reusable toilet paper. About reusable toilet paper, which you might want to go to the website and take a look at. We're not sure if it's an April Fool's or not. It seems to be... Oh, you think it's an April Fool's? It seems to be written in a very deadpan way. I don't know. I can't We're tell. telling it to you in a, in a sincere way. Well, no. Well, we, well, don't, we know. don't know. We don't know. Uh, it's hard to believe that there is such a thing as reusable toilet paper, but it comes in a fairly bulky roll. We came across an article recently about what is apparently a hot topic on Twitter and other social sites, making and using reusable toilet paper. The product is even available online for RVers. The topic might be a little more relevant 
today than it was just a few months ago. Some RVers report they never put toilet paper into their black water sewer tanks. They claim, with ample evidence, that the toilet paper can often render the gauges inaccurate, or it can plug up the tank, making emptying it difficult or impossible. But then what happens? <laughs> you have to wash it. You have to wash it in your washing machine. Yeah, and then you got another problem. And if you're boondocking that, really. Well, I have a picture of it on the website, and I have the article. If you want to try out some reusable toilet paper, please, please let us know. We would be more than happy to share the information with our other listeners. So, uh, we talk about planning, and it would be nice to be able to plan for the future. Like tomorrow, maybe? (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. That's about as far as you can plan. And at the Tampa Super Show, we met Patrick Buchanan from RV Life. And they are consolidating several important services that campers need, that RVers need. and they, Very helpful once you will be able to plan once again. Yes, and they do planning, and they do GPS, and they are uh, taking several of the like camping uh, review websites and bringing them into under one umbrella. A major consolidation. Yes. So we are, we called them, and uh, we're going to have an interview now. Uh, let it be said that uh, I left a few seconds at the beginning of this interview in because we made this interview right at the beginning of the month of March 2020. I guess i got to say that. Long before all of this stuff was really in the forefront. In actuality, we made uh, some jokes about the viability of his website and whether or not travel would be happening. And so I kind of left those in just as to give perspective. Even right? though it's not funny now. No, it was funny at the time. We talked, ha, 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 nothing's really going to change. Ha, ha, ha. So I left that in just to, as kind of provide perspective. But uh, here at the end of the month, just three and a half weeks later, we are in a dire straits and we're hunkered down and we're not moving. But we hope that in the future that the uh, these bans will be lifted and in a couple months... Uh, that it'll be safe to lift them. In a couple months, I don't know. I don't know. A couple months, it's hard to say. We have no cruises planned, but our next trip is to uh, our caravan that we're taking to the Canada, north. which uh, at, at the moment we speak no, it's to gonna be ca- oh. is not even letting us in. Things will ch- Things can change. Uh, well, things can change just as quickly, so hopefully next month we will be talking in a much more positive way about all of these things, and we should be home by next month. But anyway, the interview. We're going to uh, share this interview with you uh, because they t- we talk about several products which you might be interested in planning. <laughs> this is interesting because we don't really do all that much specific planning. But any, if you take any, a vacation anymore. for... Anymore. Because, but if you take a vacation for a couple of weeks or three or four weeks, or even a couple of months, and you want to plan out exactly where you want to be, you need a tool to do that that shows you the campgrounds, that allows you to put in your mileage so you know we're going to get gas and all that sort of stuff. So this tool really does that. So we will uh, head it off to the interview. Long way to go before it becomes really an epidemic in the United States, but yep. it's yep, just something for people to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello, listeners. Uh, we're very happy to have a guest with us today uh, from RV Life. That's RVLife.com. And this is uh, Patrick Buchanan, who is... He's on and product manager. As longtime RVers, there are a lot of issues with planning your trip and 
driving directions and and what to see and, and how long is it going to take and which is the best way to get there and will my RV fit on the road and we have used RV park reviews for a long time but I noticed that RV park reviews has now been uh, swallowed up by a new company RV life sort of yes sort of. we actually picked that up a few years ago but the biggest thing was the name change yes it is now campground reviews, right. but the name change, you know, some of our younger RVers come up and uh, they say, well, I don't have an RV, so that site must not be for me because it's RV park reviews. Uh-huh. Oh, They're thinking motorhome in their head, you know, and they yeah. don't think recreational vehicles. So right. uh, it's a little bit more all-inclusive with campground reviews now. So tell us uh, what your goal is. It all really started with uh, two of our primary tools that uh, most RVers are familiar with, either by directly accessing them or, or uh, a simple Google search. But uh, nearly every RVer will, will end up at Campground Reviews to find a place to stay. And nearly every RVer will end up at our, uh, our big forum site called IRV2. Uh, oh, you're you know, IRV2 too. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And, uh, you a know, favorite you, of mine. Uh, yeah, we uh, we live on that on that site. We all do. As an RVer, you you end up there no matter what, whether you go there directly or yes. end up with a Google search on how on, you know, should I run my refrigerator while I'm driving, you know, and uh, <laughs> those types of things. And I got to so, give you a plug because uh, IRV2 is just so much better than Facebook. So many people it, get their information from Facebook, but for some reason, because the expertise is much higher level on IRV2, the information is just so much more valuable. It's much. It, it's deeper. It's deeper data and it's yes. deeper content, and it sticks around. It doesn't scroll off your feed after a uh-huh. day. Yes, and, and you don't have the same questions yeah. seventy five hundred times. Yes, you know, on yes. The same page. So, <laughs> so I could uh, strongly recommend that our listeners uh, yeah, take a look absolutely. at IRV too. So we had those two sites. We've also uh, we have several other manufacturer specific forums. Uh, Thor. We've got a Tiffin thread in IRV two. Uh-huh. We've yeah. got a Wind forum, a Forest River forum, forum things like that. And we also run a couple of digital magazine sites. You know, we bought the RV Life paper print magazine. It was the, if you remember, the real big giant one oh. um, years ago. And, uh, uh, of course, print just isn't, yeah. even, isn't even profitable. I got my last motorhome magazine yeah. in the mail the other day, and it was, you know, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, We've uh, watched it shrink. We've shrink. It go down, absolutely. And so with the RVLife.com and a real popular site we have called DoItYourselfRV.com. Do it yourself. Uh, yeah, that's us too. Okay. Uh, so we've got a, a plethora of data, of articles and content that's constantly streaming into those two sites. Um, those are, you know, the, all the great articles and the, you know, the top five best, you know, microphones for, for YouTubers and the top, you know, anything related to RVs, top five best ways to clean your black tank, things like that. Yeah, uh, we yeah. do a lot of that on do your, uh, DIY RV, uh, perhaps how, t- you know, uh, articles about restoring an RV or fixing, repairing something yourself. And whereas RVLife.com uh, is more your sort of traditional articles. Um, so we've got this handful of, of properties here that we want to get in people's hands. Uh, and then on top of that, we said, let's you know, let's let's give people a better way to find those campgrounds, and that's yes. where RV Trip Wizard comes in. And with RV Trip Wizard, you don't have to go to several different tools to find what you want. You don't need your uh, Rand McNally Truckers Atlas and your Google Maps and your campground guide and this tool and that tool and the other tool. It does it all inside RV Trip Wizard for you. 
Smarvy Trip Wizard is an app. It's a, a web-based trip planning tool. Where the RV life kind of umbrella came into play even more so was when we released the RV life GPS and campgrounds app. And so now we've, you know, we've, we've got all these separate pieces that we're starting to tie together with the app. So with the RV Life app, of course, you can turn your phone into an RV Safe GPS. Now, an RV Safe GPS means? Plug in your height, your length, uh-huh. your weight, your propane status, and it will route you accordingly based on those really? uh, rules. Yeah. And it routes you without having to be online? It can, yeah. It's, it's already online, but if you know you're going to be in a place that has bad coverage or yeah. anything, you want to download those maps ahead of time while you're on Wi-Fi, go right ahead and download those uh, that content ahead of time so that when you get out in the middle of Wyoming, yeah. you still have not only access to the route, but all the campground data as really? well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, of course, since we own the number one campground site and campground reviews, we cram all that data up into the app. So sure. it makes that app now second to none because it has all that data. Um, RV Trip Wizard users that download the app and also have access to their trips that they've planned in RV Trip Wizard, they now have access to that in the app. All those articles we've got on, on RV uh-huh. Light and DIY, they have access to those articles on the app. So it's kind of now become this full-featured, one-place to go, all the data. Um, and then bringing out that RV Life name is just kind of our way of umbrelling, umbrelling, umbrelling that's the yeah. word, uh, you know, into one happy place. Uh, we uh, we use the phrase uh, tools that make camping simple. Yeah, um, and and they do. And it, everybody inevitably goes to those different sites, and we've now consolidated that to one login. We'll get you into all of them. Some of the products do have a subscription fee attached to them. So so the, it's one app, but but has multiple components, multiple lo- not logins, but multiple components. Components. Yeah, the app itself has a few layers to it. You have the simple the simple campground layer, which is find me a campground. Just pull the app up on you know and, and uh-huh. locate. You can filter just like you can on campground reviews, just like you can on Trip Wizard. You can filter on the app as well. You know, I like you guys. I'm going to do big rig, 50 amp. Sure. Uh, I got to have pet friendly. Um, uh, a couple of features like that, and it's going to show me campgrounds. At that point, I can either I can, of course, tap the campground. I get all the same photos and reviews that uh-huh. I'm going to get on campground reviews. Um, and then I can route to that uh, campground. The free version lets you route to that campground with standard Google Maps. If you subscribe to the app, you get that RV safe GPS that takes all that data into consideration. You get the downloadable maps. You get all the extra features. And and that's really the one component of it. Of course, the uh, the GPS navigation is another part uh, we have all the reviews, uh, again, all the articles, uh, data that you'd want to read about, and, of course, for some of our users, access to their trip wizard trips. So I can pre-plan my trip with campgrounds along the way with Trip Wizard. Yep, do it on your computer with a nice big screen and a keyboard. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know, if, you know, I'm not going to sit here and... Yeah, yeah, that's numbers. what I was wondering, because it wasn't it's hard obvious to do on your the phone. website. But I have to go, I don't go to RV Life to do that. I go to RV Trip Wizard. You would go to RV Trip Wizard. Uh-huh. Um, that was my mistake. And, and that's a uh, annual subscription, unlimited use for that year on any device you have. That current price is $39 flat. 
and you can plan all those trips on your computer with your big screen and your keyboard. And the great part about it is you build that trip out. It'll give you all of the campground data we talked about that's already in uh -huh. campground reviews. You know, you plug in all your data, including fuel tank size, oh. the amount of reserve you like to keep. You know, for us, we're going to keep at least a quarter tank because of the sure. generator and your miles per gallon. And as you build out your trip, it'll show you exactly where you're going to need fuel. And I've taken multiple thousand mile trips with this, and it's dead on every time. Uh -huh. That's you impressive. Gotta your, you got to know your MPG. Let's face it, it's eight, no matter who you are, right? Yeah. It's eight <laughs> for the most part. But, yeah. but if you really know it well, uh, I'm, I'm like you, I'm all electric. So I account for the aqua hot, or I account for running the Jenny if it's hot out. Sure. So realistically, I plug in about 7.5. Yeah. And, I, and it is That's dead money, I, you know, and, and I fill up at the station. And so I have all my fuel stop for an entire three-week trip planned ahead of time. I have every rest stop planned. I have every grocery getter stop. Uh, obviously, I could run somewhere in the toad if I need to. Sure. Uh, I didn't really start pulling a Jeep till this year. Uh, but uh, previous to that, we would plan our Walmart stops or whatever to pick up groceries on the way. Uh, every campground, every fuel stop, every rest area, uh, grandkids' house, any of those things, I can add them all into my trip and account uh -huh. for them. So it doesn't have to be a formal campground for me to make a stopping point. Right. Uh, you can right-click anywhere on the map. You zoom in real close. I had a, a stop on uh, coming down from Moab in Utah, a little place called Wilson Arch. And it's just a little arch that's there. Mm -hmm. It's got a little side area where everybody pulls over and takes pictures. And I, I right-clicked, added that into my trip just to remind me as I'm coming through there, that's where I'm going to go. And you can drag it around. You can manipulate the route if you don't want to go through Atlanta or, you know, anything like that. You can control all of that. <laughs> Nobody many, many wants discussions to go about not driving through, through Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. I personally yeah, don't so, mind it. But. <laughs> it uh, it's turned into really the best tool out there. Uh, you know, I think like every RVer that's been around for – or been RVing for five or six, seven years. We all used the good Sam until it went well, in. A lot toilet. of years, people use the trips and tr tr the Microsoft and trips. trips. Yeah, yeah. That Microsoft trips and trips. But this, uh, of course, takes all your RV dimensions and whatnot right, into consideration right. as well. And it's going to, of course, it, it shows you those low overpasses, but it actually routes you around them initially. Yeah, yeah. And you click right on satellite view and zoom in. Like if you're going to stop at a rest area you've never stopped at before and you yeah. kind of want to get a lay of the land, is it really, do they have big rig spaces, things like that, you can just zoom in satellite view and look at it. But um, I have to be online to be able to, to do that. Correct. It is, in effect, it is a planning tool. Right, right. Really not a driving tool. You can export it to Google Maps or you can export it to PDF and print it or follow it on an iPad. Yeah. That's where last year when we came out with the RV Life app, one of the big features, even though it was a completely separate standalone product, did not plan trips. It just helped you get to campground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it's we added GPS. that tool that would let you reach in and pull out your trip wizard trip and navigate to it. Uh, that's what I was going to ask. Kind of a deal breaker right there. Yeah. So the trip wizard does interface with the GPS. Not at all. Oh, oh, I, Our, oh, I misunderstood it, that. Look, and this is this is why we had a booth in Tampa, and we're trying to explain this to a thousand people walking yeah, by. Yeah. It, it's a little tough to understand, and, and until we, you know, and we're working on that. But if I have that app pulled up on my screen, on my phone, yes. I can navigate to a Trip Wizard section, a tab, and if I'm a Trip Wizard customer, 
-huh. I can see the trips I've created. I can tap on one and say, go. And now I can navigate and it will follow my trip. You know, it'll take, I, I can click on each of those stops I've created in my trip. Uh-huh. So, but if you make uh, a wrong turn? It's just, it, it be, at that point, it becomes like a regular GPS and okay. just says, recalculating, yeah. you know, and, and you just get back on track. But the idea is it's, I don't have to print a bunch of stuff and try to look at it or, you know, have somebody look at it for me. It's right there on my phone. But she likes to print. She likes print. And, you know, <laughs> well, because you lose option. the connection sometimes. That's why. If yeah, I was planning a trip to Alaska, I would like a lot of Canada information. Is that included as well? Canada and Mexico, yes. Mm-hmm. So you have campgrounds for Mexico. Yeah, there's a few. You know, it's not a ton. Uh-huh. You know, there's, a, there's a few. It's not, you know, Canada, there's a fair supply. And uh, Mexico, there's there's some. They're there, but it's, it's not, a, not a huge amount. Uh-huh. One of the, the um, trip planning apps I use, especially in the winter, um, takes into account weather and elevation as regarding precipitation and whether it's going to be snow or rain. Uh, does your product have any allowances for weather information? Um, yeah, RV, RV Trip Wizard has uh, two components to it. Of course, it has an elevation and grade chart, so you can pull Forever, it up from the for bottom. the for the actual road. Yeah, yeah. So you pull it up from the oh, bottom. Oh, that's a question a lot of people have. And you can move move your mouse along oh. the bottom. You see a big spike, so you yeah. move your mouse to the spike, and it shows you on the map what the where that is. Uh-huh. What I always do is I go and I'll go, I'll zoom in and go to Street View and just see. Yeah. Oh, I see what that is. You know. Um, but then with regard to weather, uh, what we have is for every campground, as you pull up the campgrounds, and it, you, they look like little tent icons. Sometimes they have the, uh, you know, the Thousand Trails icon, KOA icon, whatever. Mm, the logos, uh-huh. Yeah, the logos. But if you click on it, it shows you two weather components. It shows you the weather right then, which doesn't always do you a whole lot of good. But then it shows you an annual precipitation oh. and temperature uh, chart. So you know that, oh, okay, in August, it's 115 here with zero rain, you know, but you can <laughs> see all that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, obviously, again, since TripWizard isn't a live navigation tool, whatever weather it does show you is sort of irrelevant, but, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but certainly that 12-month scale is good. Or obviously, if you pull it up and say, uh, you know, I, I'd be nice to know what it's like um, tomorrow in Spokane, you could do that with Trip Wizard, but you can just easily do it on your phone. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, yeah I, I like to use it to decide whether to leave today or tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And one of the one of the neat things we're doing with Trip Wizard is it'll send you an email the day before a trip and say, "Hey, just remember tomorrow you're headed here, and here's some tips uh, that some previous users." So, Campground Reviews has this place for all these tips. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You've said, so you've seen it. Don't take. Don't take. I ten here because or or, or you, you take this take exit right to get into the campground because yeah, the other yeah. way is yeah muddy. Like you'll right. get that on your email and you'll say the weather tomorrow looks like it's going to be pouring rain or whatever. Yeah. But you get a little email that kind of uh, reminds you of what you've got going on uh, there. How about uh, connection with any sort of traffic information? We won't do it on Trip Wizard again. There's no, no. point. It's not live, but on the, GPS. But on the app, we're headed there. You know, the app, bear in mind, the app is new. Uh-huh. I mean, it was new last year. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Like most of us, or I'd say most people uh, involved with apps and things like that, 
we would love to integrate and get traffic involved. We would love to integrate. And I, I want to say that my, we might actually have a traffic component. I want to say we, we want to have some of the weather pieces. Like when I pull up the app, the app, it shows you the weather, of course, where you are. It'll also show you nearby campgrounds, things like that. You know, if you're somewhere at three, three or four o'clock in the afternoon yeah. and you realize you just went through a two-hour traffic and you're not going to make it to right, your campground, right. you pull the app up. It sees where you are and says, here's some campgrounds near you. And it's, yeah. they're immediately, immediately right there. I want to say the GPS function has a traffic component you can use. Tolls, highways, ferries, tunnels, unpaved roads, and traffic. Avoid traffic. So the app itself will help you avoid, the tra- you know, avoid traffic as you're actively using it to drive. Good. Sounds good. It sounds like you're trying to consolidate more and more of the information that RVers and campers need. Uh, what are your plans for the future? We're continuing on that process. Uh, we just picked up a, a website called Camper Report that has is a whole nother plethora of resources, uh, articles, and information. We would like to, uh, like you said, consolidate a lot of our products into one easier front end or tool or something along those lines. Uh, you know, you're taking several different product interfaces created over several different years and, and trying to uh, put them together gracefully. So we've just got to go slow and careful. But mm-hmm. uh, no, we it, it's like we have all the best tools out there. We just want to get them under one storefront. You they know? have to play well with each other. Yeah, yeah, without breaking half a million people or whatever they're using them. You know, you, you can't just break it right from under them. So we got to be careful and yeah, go slow. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, I was disappointed when RV Park Reviews left, but I understand what you're saying now, and I think it's probably it better makes sense. in the future. So that's that's something you need to consider. So as we ended up here, tell us about how people can become members or join or buy or whatever it is that they have to do. Three quick, easy, and free things to do, or just go to rvlife.com and subscribe to the newsletter. Go to DIY uh, Do It Yourself RV. And, and subscribe to the newsletter. That's going to get you tons of free content and information uh, that's new and relevant to the RVer uh, in your email box once or twice a week, uh, depending on the uh, the newsletter. Download the RV Life GPS and Campgrounds app. Okay, and that's free. Uh, that's free. There's many, many free functions. You can access all those campgrounds uh, that we talked about, 20,000 campgrounds, about 350,000, 400,000 reviews. It's all free, you know, and you can use that for as long as you, you need it. And then if for planning trips, uh, head to rvtripwizard.com. There's a great demo on there. If you okay. are unsure if, if it's right for you, uh, click on the demo, you plug in your email address, you get a special link to the demo, and you can it'll walk you through. It's like 30 or 40 steps uh-huh. that really show you the tool in depth. And then you can sign up for TripWizard. Uh, we've got a YouTube channel with some videos, uh, kind of a mishmash of videos that will help you understand it a little bit. Uh, I think the demo is really, really says and mm-hmm. shows you everything you need. Um, I usually... You know, tell folks that if you sign into Trip Wizard and, and you enjoy it and you subscribe, once you get a handle on it, you create a trip or two and you realize how good it is, then go back to that app, which is free, and and subscribe as an actual uh, subscriber, lack of a better word. Uh, it's only $20 a year, and then you get all of the features we talked about. 
the offline uh, access, the RV GPS. You know, a good Garmin or Rand McNally RV GPS is three, four, five, six hundred dollars. Uh, you could get it for twenty dollars if you subscribe to the app. You know, and then you'll get access to your TripWizard trips, the downloadable features, all of those extra features. When I went to the app, it said uh, forty-nine dollars. It is. If you just buy the app, it's going to ah. be forty-nine dollars. Um, but if you're a TripWizard user, it's only twenty. So TripWizard then cost me twenty. TripWizard's thirty-nine dollars. Oh, okay. Um, now for, look, for twenty the more, that, I see. Okay. And, and bear in mind, for the folks that don't plan trips, you know, we get a lot of folks that say, "Look, I'm retired. We wing it." Yeah. You don't. You don't need TripWizard. Just get the app. It's free. And if you decide, yeah, I think I'd like to have those downloadable features, or I'd like to have the RV GPS, well, then again, at forty-nine bucks, it's a lot cheaper than a Garmin or a McNally. You you can't go wrong whichever way you you kind of slice those pieces together. So the free version is usable. It's not Absolutely. totally disabled. Absolutely usable. Yeah, you can find campgrounds and review them and, and navigate to them and do all of those things for free. Sounds good. I think everybody likes free, but we understand that yeah, you're in business. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, we, and we're willing to pay for more, more features. I mean, that's that's the way yeah. the world works. And yeah, that's uh, obviously that you've incorporated lots of new stuff, but people need to get started with a, a free version. Yeah, yeah, that's that's number one. And, uh, and you, know, you have access to all of those articles and things that we talked about, and that information coming by is all also there, and it's free. And, you know, I, I don't know how many times when I'm sitting there waiting for – my favorite Greek uh, restaurant to get me a, a gyro salad together. I sit there and look through articles and read yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've I've used the articles too, so that's yeah, that's yeah. Good. So it's a, it's a great handy handy little tool. Good. So I think our listeners have a great idea of what uh, RV life is about, and we very much uh, appreciate you spending a few minutes with us to uh, share this with our listeners. And I hope you get some business from from uh, from our podcast from our podcast. Well, we do, too. It's, uh, I've been listening to you guys for a long time. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, anytime you need anything, give me a holler. Okay, we will do. Well, thank you, Patrick. We very much appreciate you taking the time to do an interview with us. Uh, we will see how relevant it is in a couple of months. <laughs> how the website is doing, we'll check in later. Nice to think about happier times. Yes. Uh, so, what else have we been dealing with here? How about some ants? ants. As newbies to Florida, at least on a long-term basis, we have a lot to learn about living in the jungle. We're okay with <laughs> the jungle, which it is down here. We're okay with alligators wandering around and an occasional snake. We're certainly enjoying the bird life that's part of um, our community here. But we had a really annoying infestation of fairly large black ants when, in the motorhome when Ooh. we moved back to our second campsite, which has a little house on it. And our friends who had been living in the house complained of these ants as well. And we had a, um, what do you call them, not a fumigator, a pest control person come out. Which we don't even have in Illinois. And, and I think we do. But, well, but they'd be very... Unfair. And he did some spraying around the uh, the little 
suite that we have on the campsite, and I have a suspicion that the ants didn't like what he did there, and so they moved into our motorhome when we got here. They they didn't really do anything except swarm, and they were pretty big, and it kind of grossed me out. So we were happy to see that your contract with these pest control people down here can include repeat visits if needed, and we called the guy, and he came right back, and not only did he do his little spray around inside yeah, our motorhome, but he had this bait that he put in the door hinges of a lot of our cabinets. It was kind of interesting well, the reason where he, he put it. Yeah, but he put it in there because the, it's a small space and the ants like, like kind of confined there. small Hide space. In Hide in there. Yeah, which is interesting. So we had a, got a nice lesson. And so the theory was that they would come into these little spaces and find something yummy to eat, which was poisonous, and take it back to the nest and kill everybody who lives there, which seems to pretty much have come true. Kudos to the pest control people in Florida, and uh, we will... I'm sure be appreciating a return visit from them someday soon. So one of the ways to get away from everything is to actually boondock, right? You go off and uh, and live by yourself. A RV company in California. This is a the luxury trailer with off the grid living in mind. One of the ways that you can definitely stay away from everybody else is to get a trailer which is equipped to do boondocking. The Santa Barbara, California company has built a vehicle that's expensive vehicle with extensive off-the-grid capabilities in mind, designed for full-time living as opposed to vacation or long weekends. It's a 28-foot trailer and is shaking up the recreational vehicle industry. The 2020 model, which retails for 199000 was designed to go farther and stay out there long. We have people who want to travel into more extreme climates and live comfortably. They want to explore the world in a genuine way, but also want to take the modern conveniences with them. And it looks like quite a modern trailer with a mission to create a net zero vehicle. No energy in or water or waste out. Ooh. (laughs) I don't know how they do it, but if you'd like to take a look at this, uh, take a look at the website. The company is uh, the... Don't know. Doesn't say. Doesn't say, but you can look at pictures of it on our website. And we will kind of end up today with that. Uh, We're not going to go boondocking quite out in the open, but uh, we are definitely going to be hunkering down for the next month or so. We don't plan to travel too much, and we hope that we have something to say for the next RV Navigator podcast. By this time next month, won't we be home? Yeah, We'll be home in cold Illinois, but I'm not going to have to winterize. No, it's not going to be that cold. Ah, the good news. We will be home in uh, at the end of this month. Yeah. So this is episode 180. Ooh, can you believe that? For April of 2020. And this is not a joke. <laughs> if you're looking, listening to this at some future time, uh, this is really happening uh, live and now. And we're not laughing. And we're not laughing, that's for sure. And we hope all of you uh, remain well. That's for sure. We rarely have to make that as an ending, but uh, we want all of our listeners. And, you know, I don't know what's going on in the rest of the world, whether this is typical for the RVers. I know that Australia has taken all the cruise ships out of commission for down there, but uh, in other places in the world, I don't know. I have to think in Europe, like Italy and Spain, where people... To all of our our listeners throughout the world... And our friend in Israel that we met a while ago, I wonder yeah. how they're doing. I don't think anybody's doing any RVing in Europe. No. 
and while traveling at all. And no. uh, uh, Israel, I'm glad, certainly glad we went to Israel. I'm glad we did. we've gone everywhere that we've gone. You just wonder if you can ever go there again. Oh, and with that happy note, I guess we will say goodbye and hope to see you in a in this campground in the next month. <coughs> But where, it's where closed. We, where we have met a few of our listeners, which we appreciate right. very much. That's right. We that have met. Uh, yes, we've met. Uh, so we had many, some very pleasant encounters six feet apart. <laughs> that's right. We did. And that was very nice to have uh, some listeners actually come and stay on our, our campsite. campsite. And they, by accident, they were just assigned to our site, which was in the rental pool at the time. So uh, it is nice to see you. And please keep in touch. We are... <laughs> They have plenty of time to answer emails. Holy! And if you go to our website, we've tried to do some little postings uh, about what we're doing, and we certainly want to hear uh, what's new with you. So with that, we will turn it over to next month and hope to see you in a campground near us. Stay healthy. 